Welcome to Studio Z, a podcast of empowerment. I'm your host, Melissa Marvel. Welcome to our podcast. Well, thank you. Yes, Gordon Holmes is a financial planner focusing on special uh, care, special needs planning, and he is going to uh, be a part of a multi-part series. So, Gordon, I am uh, just thrilled to death that you have agreed to be a part of our our Studio Z podcast series, a, uh, a podcast of empowerment. And I just look forward to at this point, if you would, to to share your story, your background, and just uh, bring bring the audience along. Um, so professionally, I'm a, a certified financial planner. I've been in practice for um, about 40 years. And um, I uh, probably 90 plus percent of my practice is focused on um, helping uh, families that have a member with special needs with the legal, financial, and government benefits that they uh, that they face. Mm-hmm. Um, I um, have offices in Indianapolis and Louisville and Lexington, Kentucky, and um, families from all over Indiana and uh, a good part of Kentucky, um, um, either in person or virtually, uh, get with us, and we um, help them uh, deal with these challenging issues. Mm-hmm. Um, again, government benefits and legal legal issues, appealing government benefits decisions, and um, doing estate planning, and then uh, also um, trying to um, maximize on uh, government benefits and, and support uh, in their journey. Uh, our son, Matt, uh, who is now 25, and uh, he is on the autism spectrum, um, and um, with um, dyslexia and attention deficit. And he also has a very aggressive case of Crohn's disease. So um, we've uh, worked through and worked with a number of issues. And um, early on, I decided as a part of my special needs journey that I would move my practice in the direction of, of special needs. So that uh, that goes back some 22 years. <laughs> That's, and, um, yes. That's a while. Yes, it is. And so, again, now my son's 25, and uh, we, uh, over, over that span of time, we've uh, helped several thousand families uh, with, their, uh, with their planning. And, um, and through that, we've uh, developed relationships with school corporations and special needs co-ops and um, also um, uh, nonprofit uh, organizations. Are all of these throughout uh, Kentucky and, and Indiana uh, that you've been able to set these up? Um, you know, they are. We we have a few families in Ohio and then families that have moved. Um, and so um, over time, they become a bit scattered, um, a bit scattered about. But, uh, but they... Um, uh, but they are mostly, uh, you know, mostly in Indiana and Kentucky. Part of that is because, um, from a specially legal and a uh, government benefit perspective, things vary with special needs by state. Right. And that's one of the challenges so, that everybody faces, even if you just cross the river, uh, you know, in Louisville and Indiana with the Ohio there, it, it makes a big difference. Right. So I've made a point to uh, develop expertise on. Um, on government benefits as they relate to 
families living in Ohio and uh, Kentucky, or excuse me, in uh, Indiana and Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Uh, occasionally, we'll have someone, um, you know, like from Cincinnati uh, or that type of thing, but uh, mostly Indiana and Kentucky, and and they're and they're different. Uh, the Medicaid waiver systems are different, and the the programs for delivery and and you know and so forth. Um, so uh, keeping up with two states. Um, I was going to say, I know from Zoom group, it's uh, challenging to stay just in, in up on the Kentucky regulations. So I, I can only imagine doing multi-state. So, yeah. yeah. So over, over that time, we've cultivated uh, relationships on several levels. Um, and uh, so I'm thankful because, um, and, uh, Indiana and Kentucky, we've got a richness of both special needs culture as well as, um, uh, again, these nonprofit uh, organizations that uh, uh, that really carry a yeoman's labor and or do a yeoman's labor. And so very thankful for them. Mm-hmm. And so we've uh, developed strategic alliances with groups like Zoom Group and uh, the Louisville Council and Down Syndrome Louisville and Autism, um, you know, Society of Kentuckyana and, and FEET and and Special Olympics Kentucky, and 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 the Ark of Kentucky, and, and yes. so many more. And, yes, I was going to say. Thank you. You were uh, involved with very very many. Uh, I read on the bio, and that's wonderful. It takes all all of those entities to to help move us forward in this world. Yeah, I'm just thankful. Um, you know, God's been extremely faithful in our journey uh, with our son, and um, so I've always felt it went hand in hand with being there for. Being there for other uh, other families, um, but understanding uh, the challenges and and the uh, struggles Gordon, uh, that families deal with. When Matthew was small, uh, what did you find as the most difficult challenges, if you will? What were the biggest challenges you faced as learning a new new parenting skill or addressing some of the new needs that he had? What were the biggest challenges then? I know early on um, there was really no ABA. 22 uh, years ago, and so we did uh, we did OT and speech and and handwriting without tears and living with Bell and aerobics and uh, fast uh, fast uh, forward or fast start and uh, um, just a litany of programs. And so part of the challenge was um, you know having three children mm-hmm. and trying to meet the needs of one that. Uh, um, that really we wanted to, uh, we wanted to, you know, to give him um, everything that he needed, et cetera. And so there's, it, it's a juggle, it's a juggling act um, to do. And so all of the, um, all of the learning that you and your your spouse had to to undertake uh, was, were there professionals out there that were assisting with the guidance on how to interact? You know, we we. We threw everything, as I, as I like to say, we threw everything but the kitchen sink at the kid. And we did it as early as we could before he, he knew to say no. That, too, um, is and, a parenting skill, but, you know, that that's across the board. <laughs> yeah. Have, have and, them like and the he parents before they can say no. <laughs> <laughs> and he responded to most things, not all things, but uh-huh. he responded to most. And we were, we were very, very thankful. And, you know, unlike... Um, and like many, you know, medical situations where, um, you know, you take a medication or you have surgery or something, um, and the outcome is somewhat predictable, mm-hmm. um, there was little, 
little prediction as to where we were going with this because early on uh, with dyslexia, he struggled with, uh, with reading and word recognition. Mm-hmm. He had central auditory processing disorder, and therefore he struggled with speech uh, because he wasn't hearing mm-hmm. uh, uh, very well at all. And so we had a combination of basically in an OT with handwriting and uh, fine motor skills. Mm-hmm. So to be frank with you, when, when he started kindergarten or first grade, we were not doing well on uh, reading, writing, hearing, or speaking. But those kinds of things, and you don't know, and you're trying to explore and find out and see how they respond. So that's that's a yeomanship uh, of, of work that you and your spouse did, just trying to figure out mm-hmm. how to address his needs, not knowing. Was was Matthew able to uh, communicate uh, some of his frustrations, perhaps, to you? Well, he, uh, yes. And um, and early on, we we did develop some anger management issues. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm very thankful that in time those subsided. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, yes, I mean his frustration was obvious um, in his challenge to communicate and and help others to understand what he was thinking, what he was feeling. Um, and so as we, you know, as we use these various programs and tools to um, advance his cause, and he was able to more. Um, he made progress in communication and so forth. Then the, uh, again, the anger subsided, and um, and we were so thankful for that. But I can certainly understand uh, for families where uh, they struggle to make progress, you know, mm-hmm. in these issues that the anger uh, can uh, continue and, and bubble over. And uh, my my heart goes uh, goes out to them. Um, we were making progress. We got an IEP. Um, had to struggle with that. So I understand the. The IEP struggles. I'll, I'll never forget the uh, the first lengthy um, IEP meeting uh, mm-hmm. we had. It felt like it ran for two hours. <laughs> How old yeah. uh, was Matthew at the time? Um, well, we kept Matthew in kindergarten an extra year because he clearly was not ready for mm-hmm. for first grade, and we had him in private kindergarten. And so uh, he entered the public school system with the first grade, and we requested uh, an IEP. Mm-hmm. And our request was was not uh, we we were not successful in getting an IEP wow. um, initially. That's, uh, that's surprising. Yeah, and so we we um, well we went into the meeting and we felt like with all that we were doing on our own and and uh, all all of the uh, material and information that existed at that point about math that getting an IEP would frankly, be a slam dunk. And after two hours, the response was, is, you know, well, you know, we've talked about Matthew's challenges and, and um, um, we think it'll, it will be wise to continue, continue to monitor the situation. Mm-hmm. And, and I took a deep breath and said, I'm a little confused. And they said, Oh, about what? I said, well, for the last two hours we've sat here and talked about all the problems and challenges that he's having. Mm-hmm. Um, and I said, the, the consensus seems to be that we'll continue to talk about it. <laughs> so, and uh, I was to say, and I so said, what frankly, was I, go ahead. I apologize again. Yeah. So I said, frankly, I feel like I've been to the dentist. And oh. <laughs> of course, at that point they looked at me and felt maybe the, the nut had not fallen far from the tree. <laughs> 
And uh, I said, I feel like I've been to the dentist and, uh, you know, where the, the dentist pokes and prods and, and uh, you know, and irritates and looks and everything like that and maybe finds a cavity or two. Mm-hmm. So, so, But the decay, the decay is just not significant enough to do something about it. So we'll have to keep an eye on these cavities and mm-hmm. when they have deteriorated into craters, mm-hmm. and we'll probably need to do fillings. And I feel the same way about Matthew. We sit around the table for two hours and talk about all of the struggles and challenges and problems that he has and the help that he needs. And then the reaction is, is that, well, it hasn't quite gotten bad enough for us to do something about. And I said, that that does not work for me. We went to a, a PhD and had a had a, a thorough evaluation done, and we, we, we brought the advocate into the next IEP meeting, and things, you know, started to a little more move in our direction. And it became clear that um, advocacy was, Education. you know, going to be a huge part of our journey with, and we did to... eventually get the IEP. Okay. Well, special needs, the special needs journey um, oftentimes begins young, like it did with us and Matthew, and... Um, Depending upon the the family's financial structure, uh, one of the early benefits that uh, families will want to consider is uh, pursuing a Medicaid waiver. Um, the Medicaid waivers were born uh, primarily um, in the 80s and 90s as the uh, as we had a societal shift uh, away from using institutional um, surroundings to uh, care for our uh, young and into adult uh, population with special needs. And instead, the focus would be let's uh, have individual education plans and 504s and uh, let's invest in them. Let's help them become all they can be and let's focus not just on caring for them, but actually um, helping them become all that they can be uh, in their quality of life. And so these waivers were, were born uh, the term waiver, home and community-based waiver, is the most common reference. And uh, so these these came about uh, as basically the government sought to waive roadblocks or requirements that were blocking access to resources. So instead of resources only being available um, in an institutional setting, the idea was let's make resources available in the home and community, and then let's um, let's waive the financial criteria. And so these waivers, uh, in many cases, um, I should say most cases are available to families that have a child with special needs, regardless of the parent's assets or income. How did you become aware of this uh, early on? Uh, I know that it evolved at that similar time frame, but how did you become aware of this? Was it because of the work that you were involved in or right. the, the, fam- the families that you're your family <laughs> network? Uh, what exactly got right. you led to knowing about the waivers? Well, so um, it's interesting because my professional growth in special needs really mirrored my personal journey in special needs. And so um, as I was, you know, becoming more involved in the special needs community professionally, I was one of those parents attending uh, the various school meetings for parents with special, uh, children with special needs, et cetera. And so I was learning on the personal side and then uh, channeling what I would learn on the personal side to the professional side to help other families. And so I'm, I'm thankful for the special needs co-op uh, that we had uh, that uh, our, our son participated in. 
and um, in the various uh, meetings and, and and programs that they would have, and um, and so I, again, I would learn things on the personal side, use it professionally, and then in addition, I'm very thankful because um, uh, for the first 30 or so years of my career, I was with MetLife, and MetLife was the financial um, insurance company giant that was the first to launch a special needs initiative, and so um, MetLife was launching their special needs program simultaneous with my um, kind of getting started in my personal journey from a special needs perspective. So God's hand was at work in terms of coordinating this because um, MetLife wanted um, seasoned advisors uh, to focus mm-hmm. in this area if they felt led to do so, and uh, their, my personal journey was off and running. And I- so I was getting support from the special needs program at MetLife, and I was learning at the personal level and then learning from other parents, and so I was just a sponge. Uh, to try to figure to figure all of this out and, and thought I'd be a quick study and in no time I would know everything I needed to know. And I have to tell you, 22 <laughs> years later, uh, I'm still studying. So Matthew went to, was in the, had the IEP. Mm-hmm. Uh, he went to summer school. Uh, we arranged for tutors. Um, I mean, from sun up to sundown, um, it was just a litany of, of programs and things. My wife ran the tires off her car. I know so many especially moms can understand mm-hmm. um, hours spent in the car or in the waiting room, you know, as, as different therapies and things would be done. And then as technology clicked along, um, then my, um, you know, my wife started providing programs uh, of education support at home to supplement what was going on at school. Um, he went, he went to school. He started his day at seven versus other kids at eight something. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, yeah, I mean, it was, it just became almost a contest of how much could we do, how much could Matthew take, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and and again, he responded, so we remained encouraged and, and you know went on from one program to the next. But um, the so so the experience in helping other families mm-hmm. is certainly helping understand kind of the everything from first steps to special needs preschool mm-hmm. uh, to getting an IEP and, and advocacy and and how to approach things uh, in order to um, to maximize on opportunities for your child, and then um, and then engaging, getting involved perhaps in the Medicaid waiver, like Kentucky, of course, Michelle P is so very popular, or or where there may be medical involvement, the uh, home and community uh, based waiver. Mm-hmm. Um, so understanding the Medicaid waivers because uh, parents that have uh, assets and or income are not blocked. From their child being eligible to mm-hmm. pursue those things, and um, and so that's an opportunity early on to, to get engaged from a benefit standpoint. Well, Gordon, again, I I thank you very much for your time today. Well, thank you. Yes, have a wonderful day. Alrighty. Hey, everybody! Thanks for joining. To see upcoming guests, check us out at studioz.space.